Hey, welcome back to the Calvary Tabernacle Podcast. I'm Andrew Emerson, your host. So thankful you have joined us on episode number eight. This is going to be a good one. And uh, so thankful for all of our subscribers, all those that have left a review. We appreciate you. If you haven't already, subscribe, hit the subscribe button, and we'll greatly appreciate it. But I know that you'll be blessed from checking in and being connected to Calvary Tabernacle, a powerful revivalist church in the Beaumont and Winnie, Texas area, the Southeast Texas area in general. We are changing our world all around us. God is doing great things in our midst. So thankful for all that God has done at Calvary Tabernacle at both of our campuses and opening a third campus in the Nome, China area. So excited about what God is doing in our midst. If you are a subscriber, we appreciate you. We are grateful for you listening to every episode, subscribing to the podcast. If you haven't already, subscribe. Go ahead and hit subscribe, of course. But leave us a review. Uh, Send us some feedback. Send me an email. I'll leave my email in the description below. We'll greatly appreciate the feedback. Let us know how we are doing in the podcast. Today is episode number eight. You're going to hear from me on the back end of this episode and uh, just going to give my thoughts on this message. And today's message is a powerful message, of course, by Pastor Carl Vickery. He is our senior pastor of Calvary Tabernacle, uh, soon to be over three campuses in the Southeast Texas area, all one church, all accomplishing Uh, one purpose together, and that is winning the lost, preaching the gospel, trying to enhance the kingdom of God as much as we can, becoming ambassadors for Christ. Today's message is entitled, Sometimes God Whispers, from our senior pastor, Pastor Carl Vickery. Verse number nine says, And he came thither unto a cave. And lodged there, and behold, the word of the Lord came to him, and he said unto him, What doest thou here, Elijah? And he said, I have been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts, for the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant, thrown down thine altars, and slain thy prophets with the sword, and I, even I only, am left. And they seek my life to take it away. And he said, Go forth and stand upon the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind rent the mountains and break in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still, small voice. Amen. I want to talk to you this afternoon on God whispers. God whispers. Lord, I love you today. I ask you, God, just to minister in this house. Let the glory of God, I thank you for what you're doing at Calvary. God, I thank you for this church, this beautiful people. Now, God, just move among us today and let the anointing of God have its way according to your word. And somebody shout in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you clap your hands one more time unto the Lord? 
Amen, amen, amen. Praise God. You may be seated. Um, a young man had lost his job and didn't really know which way to turn, so he went to see an old preacher. Pacing about the preacher's study, the young man ranted and raved about his problem. Finally, he clenched, thank you, Brother Jerry, he clenched his fist and shouted, I've begged God to say something to help me. Tell me, preacher, why doesn't God answer me? The old preacher who sat across the room spoke something in reply, something so hushed it was indistinguishable. The young man stepped across the room and asked, what did you say? The preacher repeated himself, but again in a tone as soft as a whisper. So the young man moved even closer until he was leaning on the preacher's chair. And he said, sorry preacher, I still didn't hear you. With their heads bent together, the old preacher spoke once more. God sometimes whispers so that we'll move closer to him. Every one of us in this house, if we were to be honest, we wish that God would speak to us loudly and clearly. Amen? I mean, don't anybody wish that? You just wish God come down and say, go over here. <laughs> Don't do that. How many times would somebody almost pay if God would have just stood at that place where you were about to make a bad decision and say, stop. Right? How many wish? I mean, every one of us, we all want God's voice to thunder through the air with the answer to our problem. We wish God would rent a PA system if necessary and drive down our street shouting the answer to our question so that we would have no doubt as to what we should do. Rent a billboard and post the instructions step by step that we need. Wouldn't that be awesome? I mean, wouldn't it be awesome if God was like Bucky's? You're, you're 97 miles from the next restroom, and it's like, dear God. Then you get there and say, we've got 97,000 flavors. You're bound to like one of them. You get a little closer, it's like you're 145 miles from beef jerky. You know, and then you, it's like, dear God, Bucky's knows how to direct somebody. If you miss it, it's all on your fault. Uh, don't you wish God sometimes was a little, we all do, right? Everybody wish a little bit. I mean, don't you wish you would, God would come down and say, hey, uh, don't do that. Hey, don't do this. How many wish God would have said, marry her, don't marry her? Uh, all right, I'll leave that one alone. Nobody, <laughs> praise God, we'll keep going. <laughs> we wish <laughs> that that. We would sit down at our computers one day and open our email and see a message from God simply entitled Answers. Wouldn't that be cool? Just open your computer or your phone and God just sent you an email and said, Answers. We wish we could buy today's edition of the Chronicle and discover that God has taken out a full page ad with directions for our life listed clearly and concisely. We all wish that God would just bust into our world and give us some concrete answers to the nagging problems of life. We wish that he would just tell us why he's not chosen 
to heal a ship. We wish that he would just tell us why he's not chosen to meet our financial needs yet. We wish that he would tell us why he's not chosen to save our lost children yet. But he does what he does. What we wish is there was no guesswork involved. We wish that he would just yell at the answers uh, to us so that we could escape the cloud of confusion and doubt that surrounds us. It's frustrating, really, if you was to think about it long enough to just not know what God is doing or what he wants me to do. We feel a lot like that young man that went to that preacher and we could shake our fist and say, Why hasn't God answered me what does he want me to do what does he expect me to do if he would only shout it then I would know what to do and many times we feel exactly like that we feel like Job when he said for is he for he is not a man as I am that I should answer him and we should come together in judgment neither is there any daysman betwixt us that might lay his hand upon us both then I would speak and not fear him but it is not so with me a daysman if you will in Job's time was a referee or a mediator one definition was an interpreter and Job said because God is not speaking very clearly to me right now I am afraid I am misinterpreting some things that he is saying I wish someone would come down here who could understand God and then tell me exactly what he is saying because right now I don't have a clue and let's face it each of us go through times where we don't know what God is saying we don't understand the language that God is speaking we don't know why we're sick we don't know why we're financially destitute we don't know why our husband left our wife left our kids won't line up we just don't understand the language that God is speaking and we find ourselves in that same situation so many times wanting to hear from God in a shout and a dance and a noise and the hubbub of society but the truth is this afternoon I want someone to hear me that God sometimes whispers it's not always going to be in a shout it's not always going to be in a dance it's not always going to be when the guitar is strumming right on key there's going to be times where God is going to whisper so that you will draw closer to him Elijah found himself in a cave uh, one day feeling very sorry for himself. Uh, now the interesting thing about this story is not so much that Elijah was having a pity party. That is our nature. We can laugh. We can make fun. Uh, but every one of us has our own version uh, of a pity party. Uh, anybody ever felt like quitting? Uh, anybody ever felt like throwing in the towel? Uh, anybody ever felt like God don't love me? We don't like to vocalize it, but God don't love me. Uh, what's all this about? Uh, I'm wasting my time this is crazy I'm silly God don't really care and we have our own version understand of our own pit of party but the interesting thing about this to me is that he is having a pity party after God sent fire from heaven and destroyed 450 prophets of Baal understand in fact the very day after this happened and God had so miraculously opened up the blast furnace from heaven and consumed the saturated sacrifice 
sacrifice. Jezebel heard of it and said, tomorrow you are dead, Elijah. And Elijah runs into a desert and says, oh God, take me now. And an angel appears to him and feeds him and sends him on a 40-day journey into Mount Horeb. And it's here that we find our lonely prophet after calling fire down from heaven. Now he's wondering where is God at? Isn't that just like us that we can shout, we can dance, we can worship God and then tomorrow we'll be wondering where is God? We can go through, understand when we are in this church, we can say God's going to bless me and God's going to heal me and God's going to deliver me but by Monday morning we can be saying oh God I guess I'm just going to give up. I guess I'm just going to quit. But it's at those times that God is about to teach Elijah a lesson. See, Elijah had no problem understanding God when the fire was falling. See, Elijah had no problem understanding God when the earth was shaking and the wind was blowing. Isn't it amazing? And you imagine a watery sacrifice and the clouds gather up and the wind starts to blow and the earth begins to shake. Go look it up and then understand the fire comes from heaven. Isn't it just something that God gets Elijah in a cave and he lets the wind blow but he says, I'm not in the wind. He lets the ground shake and he says but I'm not in the ground shaking he lets the fire come by and he says but I'm not in the fire why Elijah because that's how you want me to be that's what you're used to me being like but God says come on out of that cave oh my God uh huh. See, we can all get in our own cave. Uh, we can all get in our own, uh, if you will, depression. Uh, our own cave. Uh, and God has to show up and say, get out of that cave. Uh, just because the wind ain't blowing uh, and the fire ain't falling uh, and the earth ain't shaking. Uh, you want to feel sorry for yourself. Come on out of here. Let me teach you something. Uh, I sometimes whisper. Oh. See, he knew what it was like when the fire was falling. See, you know what it's like when the kids are sitting beside you and the husband and wife is together and the money's coming in and the overtime is there and the business is booming and everything's going good. But can I tell you, we don't know how to hear God when the overtime's gone and the money isn't booming and the kids are backslid and the husband and wife is fighting. It's at those times that God says, Elijah, let me teach you something. Don't feel sorry for yourself. I'm the same God that brought the fire. I'm the same God that brought the wind. I'm the same God that brought the wane. I'll cause the earth to shake. And just because you don't feel it doesn't mean I quit. Come on out here and let me show you an area that you've never seen before. I'll show you. Look what he says. I'm going to go a little further. Look what he says. And he says, And it was so when Elijah heard it that he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood in the entering of the cave. And behold, there came a voice unto him and said, What doest thou here, Elijah? Can you see the frustration in God's voice? What, you think that I brought fire down yesterday and I'm not going to be here with you? Honey, it ain't going to be fire all the time. It's not going to be wind. 
wind all the time. It's not going to be earth shaking all the time. But you better know that God is still in control and he's still on the throne. And you better learn how to live for him when he begins to whisper. God was teaching him a lesson. I'm not always going to yell. I'm not always going to send fire. See, we don't get this as Christians, especially apostolics. Oh, pastor, we, we need it hopping. We need it shouting. Oh, if they don't sing my song. I mean, it's so funny. We got certain songs we can play that'll just get you to shout. Uh, 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 I'm being honest uh, you know what I'm saying uh, I can guarantee you I can get up here and say brother Andrew play this one uh, and I, I remember brother Poe was preaching one time and he told this story he had this lady that she loved uh, that song uh, uh, I don't remember what the song was now but uh, what was it I'm climbing up the rough side of the mountain. That's what it was. Uh, and he said, well, as he found out she liked that song, uh, so he'd just play it every time. They'd get through, he'd run it again. She'd get out, boy, she'd shout. Till she's about. He finally wore her slap out and said, I didn't know that was your favorite song. And he looked at her and said, it's not my favorite song. I hate that song. But it's the only thing that can get you to move. Uh, understand, there's sometimes uh, that we only move uh, when we understand what God is saying. Uh, and the moment we don't understand how God is speaking, uh, then we don't understand God and we get depressed uh, and we get depressed discouraged and because we can't hear him the way we want to hear him we get feeling sorry for ourselves and wondering what we're going to do it's time for us to grow up and realize that wait a minute if God is moving in a different direction maybe God wants me to get closer so that I can hear what he's saying see you don't understand this is literally what God is saying hey come here come here huh? what are you saying God that's what he looked at he said come out to the cave you see the frustration? He said, what are you doing here, Elijah? I just killed 450 prophets of Baal that was your enemy. And this little woman by the name of Jezebel, you don't think I can handle her? And just because I didn't handle her the way Elijah thought, just because I didn't deal with it, God said, the way, look what he says, he's still making it, he says, and I said unto the Lord, I have been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts, because the children of it, can you hear the pity? Because the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant, thrown down thine altars, uh, and slain thy prophets with the sword, and I, even I, he's already told God this once, this is the second time, and I, even I only am left, and they seek my life to take it away, and the Lord said unto him, go return unto thy way to the wilderness of Damascus and when thou comest anoint Haziel he'll be king over Syria and Jehu the son of Nimshi shalt thou anoint he'll be king over Israel and Elisha the son of Shaphat uh, of Abel Mahalah shalt thou anoint to be prophet in thy room uh, and it shall come to pass that him that escaped the sword of Haziel shall Jehu slay and him that escaped the sword of Jehu shall Elisha slay yet I have left me seven thousand in Israel all the knees of which uh, have not bowed unto Baal and every mouth which hath not kissed him. Can you go and understand God's frustration when we give up too quick and we think we're all alone and we think we're all by ourselves and God says I've got 7,000. How many times have we go through something in life or something in the church and we'll start asking what are we going to do? Oh God what are we going to do? I had a family leave the other day and I get so tickled at this. It just blows my mind. 
little family decide they want to go somewhere else, that's fine. Come like, oh God, Pastor, what are we going to do? We're going to have church Wednesday. We're going to have church Sunday. We're going to have church next Wednesday. We're going to have church Sunday. I'm not being ugly. I'm trying to help you. You can't see sometimes God speaks in the shout. Sometimes God speaks in the wind. Sometimes he speaks in the earthquake. But a lot of times he speaks in the whisper so that you will draw closer to him and say, God, I didn't hear you the first time, but I want to get closer. And the closer I get, the more that is revealed. Have you ever thought that maybe God is saying, would you just come close? I've got 7,000 if you'll open your eyes, brothers and sisters, that you can be rejoicing with and they've never bowed to Baal. You imagine what would happen if we learn God doesn't always yell. Imagine at a young age if you learn just because I feel lonely doesn't mean I'm alone. He says, Elijah, what are you doing here, Bubba? I've got 7,000. Now, now understand. So here's, and let me show you what I'm talking about. He's not talking about the cave physically. Well, how do you know that? Because he told him to go to the cave. He's not talking about a physical cave. He's asking, why are you here spiritually? Why are you so downcast? Why are you so depressed? As if you're in this by yourself. Sister Sandra, you're not by yourself. It may feel like that at times. It may look like that at times. But I think God is saying, no, she's just getting a little closer than what some people want to walk with me. She's just getting a little closer. I'm talking a little different in her life right now. I'm not yelling and screaming. I'm talking to, oh, could you imagine what would happen if somebody said, you know what? I'm not, I'm not going to get discouraged. I'm not going to get down. Why? Because God sometimes whispers. Sometimes God says, I'm going to take you to a prison cell so I can whisper to you. Hello? He says, sometimes I'm going to let you go through a wilderness. Oh, so that I can. Hey, let me tell you something. People think what they want. Brother Andrew didn't know what youth ministry was until he didn't have any youth. I mean, let's just be honest. He never got there. It looked like I had people come up to him. Why don't you fire him? He ain't got no young people here. What's he doing here? Dear God, why aren't we paying him anything? He don't need to be here. He ain't got no young people. He needs to get out of here. No, he's about to learn that God sometimes whispers. He ain't always in the high and the hype. He ain't always in the hubbub and the loud. Sometimes he's going to pull you alone and he's going to want to talk to you. Why? Because he wants you to draw closer. There's sometimes he's going to bring you to a desert where you feel like you're all by yourself and he's not deserting you he's not trying to pick on you he's trying to let you know hey why don't you draw closer to me I've got a little more for you because think about it none of the others the other prophets that hadn't fallen the other prophets that hadn't I don't know about God's prophet that haven't bowed they didn't realize that God also he's in the fire at times he's in the wind at times he's in the earth shaking at times he's in that favorite song at times but there's some times where he says just come a little bit closer because I'm not yelling right now. I'm not screaming right now. 
And if you want to hear what I'm doing, you're going to have. See, that's those times uh, where you have to wrestle some things out. And everything in you wants to give up. Uh, and everything in you wants to throw in the towel. And you have to decide, uh, I've got to either draw closer to God so that I can understand what he's trying to do in my life. Uh, or I can stay on the distance uh, and lose out with God and never understand. Uh, I can stay in the cave uh, and believe my pity party. Or I can step out and say, okay, God, let's hear what you've got to say. He says, i got some direction for you, but it's not going to come in the fire. I've got some direction for you, but it's not going to come in the wind. He says, go anoint Jehu. Go anoint, if you will, Elisha. Understand, it's going to be like this. I've got 7,000. Don't ever think that you're all by yourself. See, Elijah's walking around. I'm the only one. I'm the man. God uses me. And then when God says, okay, let me talk to you a different way. And gets him all by himself. Anybody ever felt alone? Anybody ever wondered why in the world is this happening to me? Anybody ever thought, dear God, I don't understand what you're trying to do in my life? I have. I've been at times going, dear God, I don't understand this. I don't understand. Well, you know what God was doing? Saying, get a little closer. Because you're not going to understand me at that distance. Does that make sense? Uh, get a little closer. This is how it works. Understand what I'm saying. Understand. This is what I said. Sometimes God is going to whisper in your life. And if you ever hope to understand him, you're not going to do it at a distance. You're going to have to step out of where you're at. And instead of getting bitter, instead of getting mad, instead of throwing in the towel, you're going to have to draw a little bit closer. You're going to have to come out of the cave. You're going to have to step out of your depression. You're going to have to step out of your logic. Because you've only understood God in one language. You've only understood God as long as he does what the expected thing. Anybody ever had God not move the way you thought he should have moved? And you throw your hands up and say, God, what are you doing? Well, if you want the answer. Because you're not close enough. But here's what I said. If you want the answer, you're going to have to come closer. If you want the answer, see, this is why hell wants you to throw in the towel. Because hell knows if you ever get close enough, then you'll understand, no, I'm not ruining your youth group. I'm making you a man of God. Does that make sense? Uh, see, yeah, you know, we don't always get this. Uh, I've had people say, what are we going to do? I'm not uh, God to look at you. This is his church. Uh, I'm not ruining my church. Uh, I'm getting some people out the way uh, so that you can have revival. Uh, uh, because you've asked me. Uh, I know it sounds hard, uh, but that's what the winnower does. Uh, that's what God does. Uh, understand, he says, no, it, it gives us a space to repent. Uh, and if we don't get on board, God says, well, I'll just move you then, and I'll find somebody that will. Uh, does that understand? What I, see, and we don't understand loss. Uh, we don't understand. Why do you think that this is crazy to me? Uh, nobody understood why Jesus on the cross, uh, get this, he said, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. Uh, and those around him said, whoa, 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 he's calling for Elijah. No, you're too far away. Uh, oh, no, no, no. He's calling for Isaiah uh, or one of the other prophets. Let's just see. He may be calling for Michael. That's what they said around the cross. He may be calling for Mike. No, you're too far. He's quoting Psalms 34 and he's saying, My God, uh, my God, uh, you're awesome. Uh, and I may not understand where I'm at, but you're still great in my life. Do you imagine? 
how many times we've misunderstood because God didn't move. Anybody ever want something so bad that you prayed about it, you fasted about it, you pleaded God, you made deals with God, you begged God? I have. I promised God all kinds of stuff. Only to hear God say, no, not going to give you that. I've been praying for a millionaire for 13 years. And, you know. <laughs> In all seriousness, I've prayed hard, made deals with God. God, if you'll just do this, I'll do this. Come on, God. And when God still says no after all I've bargained and all of my pleading, God said, that's not what I'm doing. I had a choice to walk out and say, well, bless God, right? And a lot of people do. If that's how God is, I ain't interested. Or I can say, okay, God, draw me a little closer so that I can understand what you're really trying to say. Does that make sense? And when I got close enough, I heard God say, that's not the bargain. That's not the way I'm going to bless you. I had this guy come up to me one time, and he said, Pastor, when I get my settlement, I'm going to pay your house off. Man, I just danced. Thank God. I said, well, I'll tell you what. If you want me to, I'll pray. He said, no, I want you to pray. Well, he gathered the contract. He said, I want you to pray over it. And if God does it, Pastor, I'm going to pay your house off. Well, we anointed that thing. I put extra anointing on it. And, I mean, I prayed right there in my front yard. I prayed and prayed and prayed. I mean, I pleaded the blood. I rebuked devils. I drawed angels in. I mean, I, I covered this thing. And, and he got his settlement. He called me up. He said, Pastor, don't you worry. The lawyer just called and said, I'm getting every penny. It should be here next month. And I said, oh, praise God, brother. Praise the blood, such a blessing of God. He said, and, and he never said nothing about paying off my house. And I've been waiting for 13 years. And I'll never forget one time I said, I was driving down the road and a man called me. He said, how much is that parking lot going to be? I said, well, it'll be about 25000 He said, don't worry about it. I'm sending you a check. I said, really? He goes, oh, yeah. He, he says, I'm sending you a check. Don't you worry about it. We're going to pay it. Don't worry about it. You just, you just go ahead and get to pouring. Well, I, I wasn't born yesterday. I said, well, I hung up the phone and said, I'll wait for that check before we start pouring. <laughs> and, and, and sure enough, a week passed, and, and I I said, well, you know, I'm running to the mail. You ever done that? You just run to the mail. Like, oh, today's the day. It's coming. Run to the mail. And, and, and I'm being, I mean, you know, maybe y'all ain't like me. Somebody give me $25,000 for a parking lot. I want a parking lot. Dear God, I want, I want to go get it. I, I'd chase the mailman down like a dog if I had to. I'm just telling you. So every day, next week passed, nothing. Third week passed, nothing. Fourth week passed, nothing. Fifth week passed, and I'm going, I'm glad I didn't pour that concrete. <laughs> You know, those guys won't paid right after they're done. <laughs> 13 years passed, still no check. <laughs> and at those moments, you can say, what's the matter, God? Got buddies walk up to me and say, oh, man, God bless the man in my church, paid off my building for me. I can take you to Center, Texas right now. Little old church. There's two churches in Center. One's huge. And, and I say huge. One's big or bigger. And one small guy got $25 million 
He gave the church he went to $5 million. He said, here's $5 million. He said, and pastor, if you don't mind, I'm going to walk across town to that little church around about 30 people, and I'm going to give them a million dollars. Do you mind, pastor? The pastor looked and said, you know what? You've paid your tithes. You've paid your offering. You even gave a little extra. Go ahead and give them a million dollars. That little church had about 20 people in it, maybe 25. He walked across the town and gave him a million-dollar check. The guy fainted. They had to call the ambulance and come pick him back up. When they got him back, up he said no it's legitimate he fainted again and uh, and said dear God I can't this is blowing my mind and sure enough there's a brand new building uh, that was paid for uh, understand because God just brought it to his door and said here's a million dollars I want you to build a school they had a little school there he said I want you to build a school with a brand new uh, worship center attached to it and it's going to be all on me ended up being a million and five the guy said don't worry here's five hundred thousand more don't worry about it go ahead and just build it Uh, understand just continue building Uh, understand yeah and here we are, you know, at this time, this is a couple years ago, I'm just trying to get off of Chamberlain Drive. I'm just trying to buy some chairs and get rid of those green pews. And I'm saying, God, if you can do that for him, you can do that for us. And it's been three and a half years. Ain't nobody gave me no million dollars yet. <laughs> and you can start to think, where are you at, God. If you're not careful, you can even walk away a little bit and go, I guess God don't love me. He loves Moses. He loves Abraham. He loves Daniel. He loves David. But I guess he don't love me. No. It's just sometimes God whispers. And if you're going to understand him, you're going to have to there's people under the sound of my voice and I'm closing there's people under the sound of my voice that you don't understand why God's not yelling and screaming and giving direction in your life but God says draw a little closer In those moments that you don't understand, draw a little closer. In those times that you can't comprehend, draw a little closer. Don't backslide. Don't walk away. Don't get depressed. Don't get discouraged. Don't get let down. Don't get defeated. Just draw a little closer. Could it be? that God is looking at somebody this afternoon and whispering, come a little closer. I've promised you some things that you're not going to get them if you don't draw close because you're not going to understand. We live in a society in an age that is inundated with noise with clutter, with confusion. It's an age of more information, but less communication. I read a statistic recently that said that there has been more information produced in the last 30 years than was produced during the previous 5,000 years. Think about this. 
if you have a digital watch, you wear more technology on your wrist than existed in the entire world before 1961. What I'm trying to tell you is, is we are used, each of us, we are used to having what we want when we want it. We're used to receiving any piece of information when we need it and how we need it. And we want to treat God like the internet. Just open a heavenly search engine, type in our question and push the button and get the answer. But the truth is sometimes God doesn't respond immediately with the wealth of information like the internet does. Sometimes God doesn't scream at us like the commercials on our televisions. Sometimes God chooses to whisper. That's why David said in Psalms 46 and 10, and I'm hurrying, be still and know that I am God. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 11 says, and that you study to be quiet and to do your own business and to work with your own hands as we commanded you. Never really seen it in this light, but God commanded that we study to be quiet. Why? Because when we're ranting and raving, shouting and yelling and moving about, lost in the bustle of activity, we can't hear what God is saying to us. He's not going to always be in the wind. He's not going to always be in the fire. He's not going to always be in the earthquake. Sometimes, if you'll draw close, you'll realize God hadn't forsaken you. And God hadn't left you alone. He's got 7,000 if he needs to that he could call on in a moment. You're not by yourself. You're not in this alone. But sometimes you're going to have to draw closer to hear what God's saying. Amen. What a powerful message from Pastor Carl Vickery. I want to bring out a small point and at the end of this podcast. And I want to read the verses that he read in 1 Kings 19 and 11. And the Bible says, And he said, Go forth and stand upon the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by. And a great and strong wind rent the mountains and break in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind, and after the wind an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake, and after the earthquake a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire, and after the fire a still small voice. And it was so when Elijah heard it that he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood in the entering end of the cave. And behold, there came a voice unto him and said, What doest thou here, Elijah? I want to point out one small point, and I don't want to add to or take away from this message at all. But I do want to point out something in one small point, and that is the Bible says that God wasn't in the fire, He wasn't in the earthquake, He wasn't in the strong wind, but of course we know that God was in uh, that still small voice. That's where He was. But I do want to say that the wind, the earthquake, the fire, these things were created by God. So when the Bible says that He wasn't in them, 
I think in context we can all agree that his presence, his voice was not in them. But he did create them. Now here's the truth. Some of us have chaos, noise, uh, things that happen in our life um, that get our attention. And God allows things to come to get our attention so that we will listen. I think one of the hardest things for me to learn as a talker and as a communicator was not how to communicate and not how to speak uh, and not how to get someone's attention. But the hardest thing for me to learn was how to listen, was for me to listen. And in this situation in Elijah's life, of course, he was hiding in a cave. And then God sent these things to get his attention so that he would listen. Now, how many times does God have to send a fiery trial our way or issues or chaos or let everything uh, just turn upside down for us to begin to listen? And think about this. When God was in all of those, where he was creating all those things, he was making the wind uh, break the mountains. He was making the fire burn up the bushes. He was making the earthquake shake and crack the earth. He was doing all these things. God was moving, but that doesn't mean his voice was there. God was moving, but that doesn't mean his presence was there. How many people do you know, how many ministers, quote-unquote ministers, tele televangelists do you know that are bringing the Word of God, that may even be performing miracles, but that does not necessarily mean God's presence is dwelling there. And that doesn't necessarily mean that God's truth and God's voice is there. But maybe it's just what we see as a move of God. I'm not saying it's not of God. I'm not saying that God is not doing the work. I'm not saying that, you know, anything about that. Now, we know that these televangelists, most of them have uh, money as their priority or as a, a God to them. And, you know, I'm not calling any names. And, uh, but I want, you to, I want to bring out this one point, that just because God is moving, just because God is doing things in your life, could be bad, could be good things, just because God's allowing trials or God's allowing blessings, does not mean that God's voice and God's presence is in your life. And when I say this today, I say this because I know from experience that you can feel good, you can feel great on Sunday, you can shout, you can pray, you can cry, but be absent from His presence. By the time you get home, absent from His presence. I don't know if you've been there before, but I have, where I'm riding on someone else's anointing and riding on someone else's prayers and really backsliding on the pew, backsliding inside the church, seeing the move of God, involved in the move of God. But God's presence, God's voice, was nowhere near me. I believe this is where Elijah was. Of course, you know. He was backslidden in his heart. He was ready to give up. He said, I'm the only one left. I'm the only one that remains. 
There's no other prophets except me. And God had to open up his eyes and say, No, there's thousands of other prophets, Elijah. Something just got in your heart. Something just got in your spirit. And you allowed it. And it's, it's kind of interesting to me. I've always been very intrigued by this. Elijah, it wasn't long after that little spell of intimidation that he received from Jezebel. It wasn't long until God replaced him with an Elisha, gave him double portion. I believe that Elijah's ministry wasn't complete. I believe that he could have done more, but something got in his spirit. Now, I'm not saying not being judgmental against Elijah, uh, but I do want to point out that in the midst of all the moves and all the powerful things that he experienced, the voice of God was absent from his life. I want, if you're there today, if you're feeling that, you know, I've seen the move of God, I've seen God's Spirit, I've seen, I've been involved in church, but if the voice of God is absent from your life, I want you to recognize that. I want you to begin to seek after the voice of God, begin to seek after His presence, because I want to tell you, don't just go through the motions of church, don't just go through the motions of religion and die lost. Wake up. It's time for the church to awaken into a real relationship with Jesus Christ to where we can hear His voice and feel His leading and be called by His Spirit. Amen. God bless you today. Hopefully that blessed you. And if it has, don't forget to hit subscribe, of course, and send us a review. Tell us what you think. Definitely, definitely appreciate all of our listeners and uh, looking forward to the next episode. God bless you today. I'll see you on the next one.